Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off. Oh, my God. Is it only Tuesday? Woo, here we go. Coming up in the next three hours here at the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. You know what we're going to do? We will recap what we saw last night. Two Monday night football games to get to with the Titans in Miami and the Packers visiting the Meadowlands. That is followed by a recap of last night's NBA action at 620. Now that the IST has come to an end. That's the only thing I call it, the IST. I'm going to miss it so much. At 640. We will peek at how futures odds have shifted in the NFL and if there's some value to be found during the 7 o'clock hour. What do we make of this week's slate in pro football? We'll talk about that as well. We'll handicap the NBA slate at 7.20. Chelsea's going to put together one of her famous teasers at 7.40. We'll see if we can poke any holes in it. And finally at 8 o'clock, more from Week 15 in the National Football League. Beck UL's PJ Glasser joins the show at 8.20. And then it is dunkster time at 8.45. Right now, it is Chelsea time. Hi, Chelsea. What's going on? Good morning. I think I might finally be tired of my seasonal Christmas coffees because I have my peppermint mocha. And this morning I had a tinge of, oh, this again? So I think I need to move back to like the normal coffees. Do you ever have something like seasonally delicious or, you know, a seasonal flavor and you get tired of it? Like, I'm like this way with pumpkin stuff, too. Like, I can have pumpkin stuff, but mm-hmm. I have a limit. And I'm like, all right, it's time to move on to the next season. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll get on kicks for something. And I was kind of talking about this yesterday because I'm such a creature of habit. But particularly when you're talking about seasonal stuff, I feel like that's different because mm-hmm. it has such a unique flavor to it. Like pumpkin spice lattes, or you're talking about peppermint coffees. You can't drink those year-round. You just can't. I feel like they're just too rich and they're too nuanced. But even with just like regular food or drink after a while, I'm all right. I'm done with this. I need to move on to something else. And I notice you're saying this as you're drinking out of your I don't give a sip mug. (laughs) It's been a while. I've been using the smaller mugs because I'm not somebody who drinks a lot of coffee. I have a really low tolerance for caffeine. So I drink like one cup of coffee and that's all I need. So this is like the big boy in our cupboard when it comes to the coffee mugs. So it's been a while, but she's out. Well, she's out. She's proud. She's ready to go. She's a Christmas cup. So what are you going to transition to now? If you're not going to do PSLs, you're not going to do pumpkin. Well, I just said pumpkin spice or a peppermint drink of some sort. What is next on the holiday drink schedule? Just straight up eggnog? Oh, no. Good God, no. No. Um, I was over at a friend's house yesterday and she had caramel truffle coffee and it was so oh. good. So really? good. So I think I'm going to go to that. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just straight up copying you. I'm going to go to the store and buy that. Well, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to this weekend. We have two Christmas parties and then a going away party Ooh. before Christmas party, which should be fun. But no eggnog on the docket for this guy. I just. I can't do it. I'm just going to go straight booze. You know, a classic. No matter what the month is, it always works. Chelsea, tell me about your bets last night on the Monday Night Football games. 
Yeah, best bet was a winner. Tajay Spears over eight, 19 and a half rush yards. I expected him to get a little bit more usage as the season goes on, just because they're not going to run Derrick Henry into the ground. He finished with 29, had several carries in this game. So that was a nice little winner. But Romeo Dobbs over 45 and a half receiving yards. This is an important lesson for me to learn. I thought that it was a pretty low number at 45 and a half. But when you have a quarterback that spreads the ball around, that's kind of the death wish when it comes to receiver props. And that's exactly what Jordan Love did. It wasn't an, ex an exactly prolific night for Jordan Love overall. And most of his receivers were like in the 20s and 30s. And he had a lot of guys that kind of entered the fold. So uh, that's a lesson learned. And that was a loser. That's all right. Still one on one. I had Saquon over 15 and a half rushing attempts. He had 20 on the night. That was a win. But I had a seven point teaser. I had the Giants plus 13. That was a winner. But under 44, that was a loser. 46 points in that game. So one on one for me as well. Bad night for the Donkster. Had Mavericks minus 10 at the Blazers. The Mavericks win by seven. 121 13, a loss there. And then we were talking about this yesterday. He had number seven Gonzaga minus 40 points against Mississippi Valley State. The Zags win 78-40. They win by 38. That's a tough loss. Oh, That's a huge man. number for the week. You're one and one. I'm one and one. Donkster, you're 0-2. What are you doing laying 40 points? You dumb donkey. Come on. We'll talk to him later on in the show. We've got some Monday Night Football to get to. So let's start in Miami. And Chelsea, you got to be in a good mood about this. Your Titans stun the Dolphins 28-27 the Titans were getting 14 points the Titans 6-1 to one on the money line total set at 46 the over hits what a comeback this was though early on your guy Derrick Henry doing it on the ground direct snap to Henry he's got it and he's gonna score standing up Chris Fowler on ESPN but we moved to the fourth quarter what an incredible comeback we saw. The Titans fumbled the ball on a bad pitch from Will Levis to Henry. So that eventually gives the Dolphins a 27-13 lead, just more than five minutes to play. The Titans come storming back. Levis leading Tennessee down the field on two scoring drives. One, a touchdown pass to D-Hop to go along with a two-point conversion. And the other, a three-yard touchdown run from the big man. Henry cuts it back. Dives and scores, and Tennessee has tied it up with the PAT coming. Incredible rally. Incredible indeed, ESPN again with the call. So Tennessee holds on. They sack to a late. They are the first team to be down by 14 points with under three minutes to play and win a game since 2016. Previous teams in this spot had gone 0-767. So what we saw last night was something we rarely see in the NFL. And Chelsea, you got to be thrilled with this. Well, kind of. But, like, what are the Titans doing winning games right now? We don't need to win games. Like, we're not <laughs> going to make the postseason, so you might as well get a better draft pick. But what I wanted to see in this game is exactly what we saw. Will Levis taking a hold of the offense and getting a chance to play in some meaningful moments. Because that's what the Titans are playing for now. They're playing for the future. They want to see if Will Levis is going to be their quarterback moving forward. 
And I think we saw a lot of great things from Will Levis last night. We saw the arm. We saw the scrambling ability. The fact that he can take some hits. At one point, I think Mike Vrabel pulled him to the sideline and said, hey, you can't be lowering your shoulder as a quarterback (laughs) and hitting other players. So I really like the toughness and the resilience that he showed because we knew there was going to be some rookie mishaps. And we did see that with the turnovers earlier in the game. I believe he threw a pick six later in the game. He fumbled, I believe. But the way that he came back was what mattered the most. And like you said, the Titans in that spot down 14 points in the fourth quarter showed a ton of resilience for a team that's kind of been left for dead. So I do like what we're seeing from Will Levis. I do like what we're seeing from this team. Uh, I just wish they wouldn't have won outright. (laughs) I understand that. Your guy, Derrick Henry, moves to 15th on the NFL's all-time rushing list. On the flip side, Tua Tungabailoa, only 240 yards. Raheem Mostert rushes for 96 and two touchdowns. But Tyreek Hill leaves the game in the first quarter with an apparent ankle injury. What is your takeaway from the Dolphins here? This is one of those crushing losses in that, look, the Dolphins are going to be fine. They have plenty of talent. But there's no way in the NFL you should be giving up a 14-point lead with four minutes to play. Oh, you definitely shouldn't. And I think this was a dagger because this was a home ca- a home game for mm-hmm. a team that was looking for the number one overall seed in the AFC because the fact that the Chiefs are not supremely dominant has kind of opened the door for other teams. I think the Dolphins thought they were going to cakewalk into it. That's not the case in the NFL. And remember the saying that we have on the show? You can look at the schedule and say, these are the easy games, the games that they should win, in air quotes. And it's not always the case. It's any given Sunday in the NFL, and every win certainly has to be earned. I think the worst part about this game was the fact that Tyreek Hill uh, you know, left this game and the fact that he is no longer on pace to go for 2,000 yards because isn't that what yeah. everybody's rooting for? So only had four catches, 61 yards in this game. From here on out, he needs a monster stretch uh, to beat Megatron's record, and I'm not sure if he's going to do it. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way, and we'll keep an eye on the extent of that ankle injury. Next up for the Titans, they host the Texans on Sunday. The Fens will host the Jets. Let's go to the Meadowlands. The Giants upset the Packers 24-22. The Giants were getting six points, plus 225 on the money line at BetMGM. Total set at 37, the over hits. Saquon leading the way on the ground, 20 carries, 86 yards, and two tutties. With Barkley back at tailback, they hand to him, edge, touchdown Giants, and a nice answer by New York. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN, and dare I say, the legend of Tommy DeVito continues to grow, eh? He goes 17 of 21, only 158 yards and a touchdown, but he throws a 32-yard pass to Wandell Robinson with under a minute to play, allowing Randy Bullock to do this. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants. As time runs out, again, Joe Buck with the call. So the Giants hand the Packers their first loss in December since Matt LaFleur took over as head coach in 2019. Meanwhile, the G-Men, what's left for dead, showing some signs of life. They've now won three straight. They're not going to blow anyone out. 
and Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes, but I, I love this story for a guy who has no business. It feels like playing quarterback in the NFL, and here we are. What a sentence. Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes, uh, clearly. <laughs> but it takes a lot to come in here and have this type of performance because this was an undrafted free agent we're talking about. And there was an interesting quote after the game that made me think that he has a lot of pressure from people in his hometown and that surrounding area. Like Brian yes. Dable was talking about it. He said it's hard for him to keep football the main thing because he's from here and he has such a fan base. And of course, we've all seen the memes about Tommy Cutlets. And let me ask you for a second. Did you see his agent last night with the fedora on and the pinstripes? He looked like yeah. a cartoon character. He could not have been more dressed to the nines for exactly what we pictured for Tommy DeVito's agent. So it's been a great stretch for Tommy DeVito. And also, big game from Saquon Barkley. Uh, we haven't heard his name too much this season as you know the premier talent that he is, but a good game here. I think uh, the second half of the game was when he really went off. Had a long of 34, mm -hmm. I believe, in the second half, uh, and a couple of touchdowns to boot. Jenks, you were all over Saquon here, and it was the right call. I'll say this. I love the fact that Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito, is leaning into this. You mentioned his agent. Sean Stellato is his name. He will be inducted into the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame this week in Chicago. And by the way, the DeVito family, did you see this before the game? They were in the parking lot handing out cutlets and pasta to people. Oh so God. Tommy is as Italian as it gets, which I, I love. He's from the area. So when you hear Brian Dable talking about that pressure, that's a real thing from Giants fans, from the Italian community. You're like, Tommy, this is our guy. And he's such an unheralded quarterback for him to go in and to say, yeah, I've been leading this team through this three-game winning streak. No matter what happens in his future, he's always going to have this. And that's that's pretty amazing. Oh, for sure. What a story for the ages. Uh, even when he's old and playing poker with the boys, you know, in Staten Island oh, yeah. or something. But what about Green Bay? I think we saw this coming, the fact that maybe they weren't going to cover. I'm not sure if I saw an outright loss, though. Like, Green no. Bay was a team that was kind of trending in the right direction, but also they still have a young quarterback in Jordan Love, and it's a team that, you know, is six-point favorites on the road. I don't know about that. What do you make of the Packers moving forward? I think that... If you're the Packers, you have to be pretty encouraged. This is not a loss you want to take, but also we said this yesterday. This is a great sell-high spot on Green Bay. They hadn't mm -hmm. turned the ball over at all in three straight games. And the Jordan Love hype, while I think he's going to be the quarterback of the future for the Packers, it certainly looks that way. The way people were talking about them and the way that he in particular was being built up just made it seem like, listen, this is still the NFL the Giants have still had two weeks to prepare, and sometimes you can get caught up in a narrative, and it feeds into how people bet. And you have to remember, this is a week-to-week -week league. We see it all the time. And last night, the Titans beating the Dolphins is a perfect example of that. So I think you're fine if you're the Packers. I think you're fine if you're Jordan Love. It's just a perfect example of just kind of going into that feeding frenzy and not being able to take a step back. Coming up next year on the show, the IST is over. Oh, but the regular season rolls on. We will recap the NBA next on the Daily Tip from Beck UL, presented by Madam Jim.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by Batman Jim. Good Tuesday morning to you. God, is it really December 12th? Holy Lord. I'm Michael Jenkins in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up in just a bit, it's just like the day after Christmas. We'll recap NBA Monday in the association now that the IST is over. All that buildup. All that excitement, and now it's just the ho-hum regular season, I guess. So I was reading about Tyreek Hill before we get to the NBA, and he did leave the game last night for the Dolphins, and he kind of gutted it out, came back in in the third for a while and played a little. But he said the reason why he was spurred on to get back in the game, even though his ankle was still banged up, is that he got a text from his wife, and his wife told him, This is a quote from Tyreek. You better get your ass back in that game, dog. That's his wife. All right, dog. Get your ass back in that game. And he was like, okay, I guess we're going to get back in. The wife said, it's time. When is the last time you got an inspirational text from someone that said, Chelsea, get your ass back on that show, dog. Get back in that pool, dog. Get back on that hill, dog. Keep running up that hill with Blake in the stroller. When's the last time you got something that inspired you or someone that said, all right, that's enough. It's time to go. Hmm. I have to really think. Yeah. Because, hmm, I don't have a lot of people that I think really push me. And I'm also not an NFL player. So, like, most people are not sending you <laughs> oh. inspiring messages to, like, clean up the kitchen. Yeah. Like, come on, Chelsea. That dish has been sitting in the sink for weeks get it in the dishwasher <laughs> like nobody's sending me inspirational texts about that so um i don't know do people do this to you or is this just for people who mm. play sports i don't know i think it can happen i think sometimes everyone needs a little boost or someone needs when you're in something when you're in it it can be anything really it can be a show that you're doing. It can be a job that you have, whatever the job that is, and you get down on yourself for whatever reason that may be. It could be something you're trying to accomplish, and you get stuck in a rut, and then sometimes you're so in it, it's hard. You get in your head, at least I do, and mm-hmm. it does help, I think, to have someone say, hey, look at it this way, or maybe don't feel sorry for yourself, or you're being too hard on yourself or there's another way to look at this and to give you a perspective that you wouldn't get if it were just you. Does that make sense? I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm just trying to think the last time somebody like actually mm-hmm. said something to me about it. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. Like, when you're a normal person, people have their busy lives. And I think this is an important lesson. Mm-hmm. You can't wait around for somebody to text you to get off your butt and do stuff. Uh, what's true. that quote from Lamar Jackson? Nobody cares. Work harder. I feel yeah. like a lot of us need that because we're not superstar athletes and there's not like a crowd of people who are applauding at our every move. I think that's an yeah. important lesson I learned from swimming. Like swimming mm-hmm. is not a spectator sport. You have to push yourself even if there's not a single person on the sidelines. 
So that's just kind of how life is. You kind of have to be self-motivated. Although those type of things would be nice. I just, I don't know. I don't get a whole lot of those. Like, I feel like my friends are not pushing me like career wise. Like we're talking about like the kids or something like that. (laughs) No, I, I, I get that career wise from time to time from people who know me really well because I can get down on myself pretty easily. And also I will say that admittedly, the older I've gotten, this is a young person's game. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Being in broadcasting, being on social media, it is built, especially now, for people who are younger. And as someone who just turned 50, who's done this forever, I always think, well, I don't know. Can I still do this? Am I still good at this? I, I don't, maybe I'm not. Like, maybe I suck. Maybe I used to be good. What's a phrase that people say in broadcasting all the time? Oh, he still has his fastball. I hear guys say that all the time. But I will say, when I started working for the Commanders, I was like, maybe I'm not any good at this. I haven't done TV in a long time. And I have friends out there that I've known for a long time. And I kind of had a heart to heart. And I told them, and I said, listen, I appreciate that you're doing me a solid here because we've known each other for a long time. But if I can't get this done anymore, if I'm not doing you right, don't bring me in. And he was like, look, man, I love you and you're my guy. But if you don't do a good job, then it look it makes me look bad. So you're here because I know you can do it. I've seen you do it and you can do it. So don't worry about it. Like you're here because I want you to be here and I know you can do it. And so as weird as that sounds, I kind of needed to hear that because I was doubting like maybe I maybe I I don't I don't belong here. It's wild for me to hear you say that. As somebody who has been in this business for a long time, you know, like I look at you as somebody who has been doing this for so long, it almost feels natural to you. So when you hear somebody who is like so successful have doubts about their career, yeah. like it almost makes you feel better about when I have those moments. Cause I think we all do, no matter sure. what you do for a living, I'm sure all of us have our doubts. It's just, sometimes I try not to make those like super visible to other people just because also I work from home. Like I don't have work people around me. And that's another dynamic that I've kind of been struggling with if we're, you know, doing a therapy session here. Uh, But everybody (laughs) does need a little kick in the rear end every once in a while. But everybody also has the things that they respond to. And I think that's why I don't get that type of stuff from my friends, because they know when I am feeling self um, uh, the opposite of confident, you know, not feeling very self-assured. Yeah, self I am somebody who like goes into a shell. And if somebody's like, come on, be better than that. I'm just like, no, I'm not better than that. I suck. <laughs> so do you get what I'm saying? Like your friends oh, sure. know how to phrase it to get you motivated. Like I'm sure Tyree Kill's wife knew exactly what to say because she knows right. him really well. No, the lovely Catherine, she would not say, you're good at this dog, but she would give me a pep talk that says, honey, like, come on. Like, what are you talking about here? Yes. So I get that. It depends on the people around you. But yeah, I think it happens to the best of us, no matter how. And I think self-doubt drives a lot of success, right? You're motivated by the fact Mm -hmm. that I want to do well. I want to do well. And I don't know if I'm doing well. And so that kind of keeps you motivated. So it may not be the most healthy way to go about it, but I think it happens to everyone. You know who needs a boost right now? The Detroit Pistons. Who? They could use a huge boost. Oh. Oh, I know. Bless them. 
Bless them. Bless their hearts. They lose to the Pacers last night. 131-123. The Pacers were laying six and a half. Pacers minus 260 on the money line at MGM. Your total set at 247 and a hook the overhits. Benedict Mathurin comes through off the bench. 30 points. Tyrese Halliburton, 14 points, 16 assists. Pistons do get 23 points, six boards, seven assists from Kay Cunningham. However, guys, you still know how to play basketball. I understand you've lost 20 straight, the ninth longest losing streak in NBA history. But you guys can still dribble. You guys can still pass. You guys can still shoot. And one of these days, you'll get a dub. So once again, another loss for the guys from Motown, Chelsea. Woo! But this was against the Pacers. And I think we all looked at this line and thought something was smelling foul. Because mm-hmm. when you see the Pacers only laying six and a half, a team that just went to the IST finals, but they won this game by what, eight points? So this was very much a sweat. And I think it goes to show that even a team that is dubbed probably the worst team in the NBA, the, pay- the, the Pistons losing 20 straight games, um so but still they almost covered in this one i was looking at their schedule and thinking okay when are the pistons finally going to get a win it does Mm -hmm. not get easier from here they play back-to-back games against the sixers which maybe the sixers like don't try in like the second game of a back-to-back maybe that's a candidate then they play the bucks then they go on the road to the hawks and then they host the jazz maybe the jazz are the team that are finally going to hand them Uh, their first win in a long time because we know the Jazz have been terrible on the road, but still, like, that's a tough row of opponents to be facing. Like, you got the Pacers, the Sixers twice, and then the Bucks. That's not an easy slate. You're right about that. And now the Pistons are chasing history. The 76ers hold the record for the longest skit ever. That was 28 consecutive losses between the end of the 2016 season and the start of the 2017 season. Hopefully they can avoid that. Speaking of losing streaks, Rockets beat the Spurs last night in H-Town. 93-82. Rockets laying eight and a half points. They cover that number. Rockets minus 355 on the money line. The under hits with the total set at 225. Tari Eason comes off the bench. Scores a season-high 18 points, 14 boards. Fred Van Vliet adds 16 points and 16 rebounds. Wimby goes for 15 and 18, but the Pistons again have some company. The Spurs have lost 17 straight. Man, the bottom of the NBA, Chelsea, is the bottom. It definitely is, but think about these teams. They're not playing for an NBA title this year. All that matters for these teams is is the development of their young talent, especially Mm -hmm. a guy like Wimby, who we know has extremely top-end talent. I was surprised to see how many rebounds he's been pulling down lately. In back-to-back games, he had 20 boards against the Bulls, 18 against uh, the Rockets last night. And this is a category where you would think if somebody's seven-foot six or whatever he is, Mm -hmm. he should be getting a lot of rebounds. But if you look from a prop standpoint, The Spurs are one of those teams that you play the opposing team's rebounds because the Spurs have not been a great rebounding team. So maybe this is when the tides turn. Wimby has finally figured out how to pull down some boards, and maybe they can be more competitive on the glass. It's just wild to me. Like, does he not have a height advantage over everybody? Like, I get that everybody in the NBA is very tall, 
But still, Mm -hmm. like he should be getting these type of rebounds all the time. Should he not? I agree. And also he's rail thin right now. So Mm -hmm. I think part of it maybe has to do with how physical he can be. But also, how much more weight can he add? It's not like he's going to look like Shaq one of these days. But I think he can get stronger because he's such a young guy. So over time, as we see him become a little more physically imposing, then I think maybe he'll have that physicality, maybe grab some more boards, become more aggressive. You would think. I totally agree with you. Rockets, by the way, have won 10 straight games at home and three in a row. In Memphis, the Mavs topped the Grizzlies 120-113. Mavs laying two and a half. Mavs minus 140 on the money line. Over under set at 226 and a half. The over hits. Luca, 35 points, eight boards, six assists. Derek Lively cards a double-double, 16 and 16. Mavs have won three straight, and they do it without Kyrie Irving, who sat out this game with an injury. God, the Grizzlies cannot get John Morant back soon enough. They get a season-high 41 from Jaron Jackson, but only three players, three, score in double figures. That's another. We're just going down the list of bad teams in the NBA. Oh, Jenks. Apparently, John Morant was in court yesterday for the civil case of him and that, like, not like on a the 16-year-old court. playing. No, he was in court. In court. He was in, ah. in civil court. And I have a, I follow somebody who is a reporter in Memphis, and they were like live tweeting the trial, and they said they spent 20 minutes explaining the rules of pickup basketball and how John Morant was just schooling everybody, all of these teenagers. And I thought, well, one would think that John yeah. Morant could, you know, beat some teenagers in pickup basketball, but they said they had to like explain the rules, like this is how you check the ball. This is the score you need to get to. Like, can you imagine sitting through that for 20 minutes? Oh. Also, you know who should be able to school a bunch of teenage basketball players? Any player in the NBA ever. Anyone. Whoa, you mean John Morant was taking these 15 and 16-year-old random neighborhood kids to school? Wow. Woo, this guy's gotten some sweet handles. He can shoot. You should play in the league. Yeah, he does. Why, why would you ever take on teenagers in your yard? Whatever. That's bizarre, though. And so they were 20 minutes, the rules of pickup basketball. Oh, my God. I need to follow this person. Everyone so was mad on. because apparently there's like a backlog of criminal cases in the Memphis court system. And there they are just saying, and then if you want a foul, you have to say it. And it's just like, oh, my God, can we get this court case going? But what is John Morant doing? Like, do you think this is a power trip? If you are an NBA player and you're inviting teenagers over to play pickup Mm -hmm. basketball, is this something where you really want to pump up your ego? Maybe. Maybe. That has to be what it is, right? Like, oh, and plus, you know how teenagers are. Teenagers can be cocky. They think they can hang. They're just teenagers. They're young kids, and they think, "Oh, I can take John Morant." And John Morant's like, "Oh, do you? Let me let me put on a lesson for you. Let me put on a show for you here." But still, not the smartest thing ever. Oh my god, that reminds me of my divorce. Speaking of backlog of cases, I remember I was having to live with my ex-wife, and she wouldn't leave. And we're in the same home, and my lawyer was like, "Because it's COVID, this could there's a backlog. You could be in this situation for a year and a half." I was like, a year and a half? 
Thank God that didn't happen. I almost <laughs> passed out there. It's flashbacks. Uh, coming up next year on the show, there's a new favorite in the NFL MVP race, but is it worth putting big money on a quarterback from Big D? It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Stay there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. In moments, we'll talk about NFL futures and what they look like after 14 weeks. Which team deserves our money, in fact, when it comes to Super Bowl odds? Chelsea, we were talking about giving your friends, your family pep talks or saying something to make them feel better. It's starting to sink in. It's December 12th. Yeah, it's bowl season, but it won't be long before we crown a national champion. That's less than a month away. We're getting close to the end of the NFL season. Yeah, we still have the playoffs, but now we're getting to the point where football season slowly is starting to dim like a candle getting to the very end of its wick. And I have to say, I'm getting a little sad about it. This is my favorite time of year. Christmas, football, chill on the air. I like the cold. And it's coming to an end. And you might have to talk me up because now I'm getting depressed thinking about it. What a run it's been. And I feel like it's gone by in a flash. Won't be long before our first segment is, hey, what do you think about Rockets and Kings last night? And I'll say, I don't care, Chelsea. I And they'll say, Jenks, you've got to do better than that on this show. You can't just say I don't care every time you talk about the NBA. So you're going to be talking me out of the doldrums here pretty soon. Well, we still have NFL football for quite some time. Like, when's the Super yeah. Bowl? Second week of February. So, like, the real hard times don't really start until then. But when February rolls around, that is a short month. And then we have March Madness that's right around the corner, which obviously mm-hmm. is a great time for sports betting. I will say it's a lot of work on our part. And maybe that is the only silver lining for getting out of football season for us, selfishly speaking, because I feel like we do more during football season. Not that we're slacking during the other times of the year. Yes. It's just I'm doing more radio hits. I'm doing more videos because we all know football is king. So that is the only silver lining that I can suggest to you, sir, is that maybe you don't have to work quite as hard. Okay. Well, I guess. Pretty good. I'll take it easy. (laughs) That doesn't motivate you? Ah, (laughs) lack of working. Yeah, I guess that's true. Didn't need to do less. Didn't need to do less. Hey, man, did you prep for the show yesterday? No, it's not football season. Chelsea said I don't have to work. She said it's a lot less work, so I'm not working at all. I just come in and I throw caution to the wind and I give bro bets and gut picks, but I don't really look at the numbers. You know, what are you going to do? Chelsea, let's look at some numbers for NFL futures while it's still football season. And we start with 
Super Bowl odds. Right now, it is the San Francisco 49ers and everyone else. All of these numbers have adjusted overnight. Right now, the Niners are plus 250 to win the Super Bowl. You've got the Ravens at 6-1. to one. Chiefs plus 650. Cowboys and Dolphins plus 750. And then you got the Bills, 1,800. Eagles are 7-1, to one, by the way. Lions are 20-1. to one. Are you going to put some money on the Niners, or is plus 250 too short of a price for you? I think it is too short of a price. Uh, maybe I'll take them to win the NFC, because I do feel like they are far and away the best team in the NFC, but I would imagine those odds are pretty short as well. The Futures game is all about timing and trying mm-hmm. to pick a team when they're kind of at their low point. So let's think of the best teams in the NFL and say, okay, which team is at their absolute lowest point of the season? I think you could say that about both the Chiefs and the Eagles. What about the Eagles? I think this is the conversation I kind of want to have. Eagles right now, seven to one. We on the show have handicapped their game saying, okay, this is not a team you want to back right now because they're in the midst of a really tough stretch one of the toughest stretches of their entire season and one of the toughest schedule parts that any team has had to face so far this season going on the road to arrowhead going to overtime with the bills facing the cowboys uh, twice in that stretch as well so if you truly believe in the eagles and i'm not sure if i do but if there was ever a buy low spot on the eagles this is it yeah it feels like it and are the Eagles okay? That's what I that's what I wonder. I think they're going to be fine. And this this is maybe a situation where you say, all right, there is definitely value on the Philadelphia Eagles at seven to one. They're really banged up. The last what two teams they've played have had extra time to get ready for them. They've had a tough stretch here. They're still in control of the division. It's not like they have huge injuries. Jalen Hurts might have, what, a knee that's bothering him, maybe a bum thumb, but he was in a bad spot there going into Dallas again with the Cowboys having that much time to get ready for this game. So I think if you like the Eagles and you think they can put it together, and and certainly they can. The talent is there, and they've been good for the majority of the season. I think the difference with the Eagles is we know how good they are. They just haven't quite reached that level that we saw last season where they were dominating. It You can be more competitive with Philly this year than most of the time that we saw teams try to, you know, get in the mud and the muck with them last year. They're, they'll win games. They're one of the better teams in the NFL. If you want to argue, hey, this is a team that made the Super Bowl, I get that. But I also think that they're just not quite at that level that we saw last season where they were just a wagon. Oh, for sure. And that's why I have questions about the Eagles, because you look at them this year, and even though this is a great buy-low spot on the Eagles, I still Mm -hmm. don't think that they are as good as the Niners. And you will have to beat the Niners if you're coming out of the NFC. If this was the college football playoff, what were the four teams that you would select as the best four teams in the NFL? Do you think the oddsmakers got it right? Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, and Eagles? Ooh, that's a tough one. Right now, I would I put the Cowboys over the Eagles head-to-head matters. Yeah, I would. But the Eagles beat the Cowboys as well, like earlier in the season. They did. But what is the most recent result that we saw? (laughs) A dominant Cowboys victory. So 
I know it's tough. I I really don't have a dog in the fight here. But what we've seen, the Cowboys have won 15 straight at home. Dak Prescott is the favorite to win MVP. They're coming off a head-to-head against the Eagles. So if I'm on the committee to choose the top four teams in the NFL, it goes Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Cowboys, and then the debate rages. Oh, my God. How did the Eagles not get in? Would you put in the Eagles ahead of the Cowboys? I think so. Uh, I think right now they don't look like the best team, but we still have season left to play. Like some of these mm-hmm. scenarios will play themselves out. But here's a question. Are the Kansas City Chiefs the Georgia in this situation where <laughs> they have the pedigree, they are the reigning champs, but mm-hmm. they look like they're kind of falling to pieces down the stretch. Do you think the Chiefs would get left out here? Yes. I do, and I think they should get left out. The Chiefs don't look like a great football team right now. They look like a team that is, you mentioned the word pedigree. The Chiefs are getting by on pedigree. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs should not be plus 650. I think if you're betting on the Chiefs, and I understand why it's the Chiefs, and every year the Chiefs seem to do this right. They go through a lull, and then what happens? They come together close to the end of the season. They make a run in the playoffs. But this year feels different and if you want to go back to what we saw from Patrick Mahomes the other night I and and you mentioned this on your TikTok which I thought was a a very good point I can't believe I'm mentioning TikTok but I sound like a guy who's not on TikTok I saw this on your TikTok but it's true which is I think this is Patrick Mahomes acting out this is the first time in a long time in his career where he doesn't have guys around him that he can trust. He just doesn't. And you're going to tell me that Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez Scantling are the same as the receivers he's had in the past, like a Tyreek Hill? No, not even close. And and you can only do so much with those guys. And we've seen Marquez Valdez Scantling drop a bomb late in the game that hit him right in the hands. We saw Kadarius Tony be offsides on a critical play. So his receivers aren't just as dynamic as they used to be in the past they're making critical mistakes and costing the chiefs football games and i think patrick mahomes knows it so he does he's like "Eh." he doesn't know what to do with it and so he's just kind of acting out right in front of us the chiefs might be able to make a run mahomes is that good andy Reid is that good but they certainly don't seem as dangerous as they've been in years past and I think Patrick Mahomes knows it. And I think that's why he's yeah, acting out. he does. I think it's similar to what we saw from Tom Brady the year that the Bucks were bad with him. Like, remember when he was, like, yelling at offensive linemen? Because, like, everything mm-hmm. was going wrong. I think he knew that that team was not good, and he kind of saw the end coming. So I'm wondering if deep down Patrick Mahomes knows that this team is not going to win a championship, and it kind of bothers him. You know, the ultimate competitors – are never okay with being mediocre. So I totally get it, the fire that we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes lately. But I was just thinking about this. The Eagles Mm -hmm. and the Cowboys, are they Ohio State and Michigan in this scenario? Oh, it's just some good comparisons you're coming up with. Yes, they are. And I would say that the Eagles are, well... Michigan, right? They gotta be Michigan. Well, what I was gonna... I was going to say that maybe this is the tipping point where the Cowboys start to get better, and so maybe they're Michigan, 
because Ohio State has oh. dominated for so long, right? And that would be the Eagles, where the Eagles have been the better team more recently, right? And they've kind of owned the mm-hmm. Cowboys a little bit. And now here comes Michigan trying to turn the tables, but it's still really close. This is a this is a good was argument. Was that two years like ago? Not. Yeah, I yeah, think it was. Because I remember I was like in a suit store watching Ohio State Michigan. I think it was two oh. years ago, like when the scales tipped because everybody was like, yeah, "Oh, Jim exactly. Harbaugh's never going to beat Ohio State," exactly. and then they did. And then Michigan's on the top of the mound. So I don't know who is who in that scenario, but clearly they're in the same division, uh, two rivals that definitely hate each other. So where are the Ravens in all of this? Are they just in? The Ravens are the team that's that nobody is talking about. That could win it all. They're the Texas. That's who they are. Nobody, they're just like, oh, they just kind of appeared here. What are they doing here? Nobody expected them to get here. Could they do it? I mean, they've done it before, but it's been a while. Maybe that's them. Hmm. Coming up next here on the show. Oh, yeah. You know what we're going to do. We're going to get you ready for more NFL football. That is next, your week 15 first look. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by Madam Jim. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.